If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hey, pull up a chair. It's Hacks on Tap with David Axelrod, Robert Gibbs, and Mike Murphy. And one more item. After our last hearing, President Trump tried to call a witness in our investigation. A witness you have not yet seen in these hearings. That person declined to answer or respond to President Trump's call and instead alerted their lawyer to the call. Their lawyer alerted us. And this committee has supplied that information to the Department of Justice. Let me say one more time, we will take any effort to influence witness testimony very seriously. Dun, da, da, dun. I yeah. like it. I like it. Trump tried the old horse's head in the bed trick. Didn't work. The guy went to the law. Message to former president, stop this dumb shit stuff because you're getting caught. Uh, I mean, exactly. I think that memo has been sent a lot and I don't think it's been read. Yeah, I know. So I know. I know that. I mean, it's just mind boggling, honestly. But, you know, it goes to who he is. And this is what the whole the whole saga is about. This is what his whole presidency is about. This is what his whole life's about. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't follow rules or laws. He doesn't well, think yeah, they apply to him. It's a sociopath. That, you know, that keeps getting in the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the problem. It's like I was talking to Charlie Manson the other day, and I said, you know, this whole <laughs> stab him in the eyeball thing, it's just uh, it's really in trouble because the legal system keeps getting involved. And he nodded sagely, took a minute. Then he grabbed a plastic fork and went for my eye. So. How often oh, do you go is. up there to see Manson, by the way? We, we I know you're in out there in California. I know. Yeah, former I client. I will say this. I do love just the subtlety of her, almost as if she's approaching a housekeeping matter. And one more item, dot, dot, yeah. dot. Oh, by the way, the former president is witness tampering. I mean, again, it goes to just the power of these hearings that really around every sentence um, is is the potential for something big and unknown. Yeah, she's 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 dropped the hammer a few times, but here's the here's the question for you guys that goes to sort of our province as hacks. What do you do if you're I mean there's there's legal questions too, but what do you do if you're Merrick Garland? Let's assume you've got this aggregation. Now that you've got this jury tampering thing, what if you have a case? What do you you know, I mean Well, the old rule is Jeepers, we don't prosecute presidents. We kind of have a meeting with them. We work it out. They move to San Clemente. You know, there, there's kind of a process and, and there's, there's kind of a negotiated plea bargain. But back to the original point. Or know, the president pardons you. Right, right. It, it's all, it, it's basically the world's biggest plea deal. Well, we got a psychopath on our hands who doesn't, you know, uh, doesn't play by those rules. I think, and this witness tampering thing is nice and understandable. I think he has to prosecute. A new kind of crazy, new kind of rules. And Gibbs, what does that do? I mean, 
I, I'm just trying to imagine that scenario uh, politically. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, look, I do think um, it always puts pressure on the Justice Department, regardless of who the party is. And I think um, uh, I think Garland's going to have to go above and beyond to show and demonstrate that the, the Justice Department came to this in an honest and not a political way. And we know exactly what Trump's going to do. Trump's going to make it a political thing. Trump's going to make it, oh, see, I, they've been out to get me since even before election night. And now they're trying to come get me again. And, and what he, what he seeks to do is, is push a horrifying issue that most of the people have come to the conclusion on that he's guilty and should be indicted on and pushes them back to their normal partisan corners that even out a bit and, and, and make yeah. it political. There they go again, sort of thing. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I think the world's changing on that a little because even in Republican world, Trump thrashing around in the quicksand is causing fatigue. And we're going to talk about the New York times pulling right. other indicators. So that old magic weapon that used to work is now Christ. He won't shut up about this stuff. It, anybody got DeSantis's cell phone? Um, so I, I don't think that'll have the power it used to. Let me just point out that in addition, because Murphy has standing here in addition to visiting with Charles Manson every once in a while, he hangs out with Republicans every once in a while too, even though most of them won't admit it. Well, we, 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 we are very good at tradecraft here. You'd be amazed <laughs> where I secretly sneak in. The FedEx <laughs> no, uniform I, I keep in the trunk of my car is very handy around D.C. <laughs> There'll be more hearing stuff. We, there's another one next week, apparently prime time. That's the whiz-bang conclusion of this, uh, this set of hearings that uh, is supposed to bring the whole thing home. But, man, it's done damage, and that damage is apparent in the aforementioned New York State times poll murphy so go ahead and take your big i told you so just before we get into that and <laughs> no, go ahead i mean the one thing that i find a little disconcerting david when you ask the garland question i think there was an interview on cnn with the documentary maker uh that followed the march up to the capitol um yeah and disconcertingly i think it was on cnn disconcertingly not that it was disconcertingly it was on cnn but disconcertingly he said he's 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 responded to two subpoenas the january 6th committee and the grand jury in Georgia. So I I have great fears that the Garland the Garland administration, the Department of Justice, is not um, attuned to an appropriate timeline on this investigation. Yeah, they could lose it to the locals who seem to be going full speed ahead in Georgia. If you are going to proceed and prosecute a president, never been done before. Uh, you'd better damn well have your shit together and everything in order. Uh, and I'm sure that's, you know, they're doing everything by the book and they're trying to leverage up, obviously. And, you know, I don't know that we know what we obviously don't know what they know. And the committee and, and they, the Justice Department, have not been closely coordinating. That's been established, but probably will at some point uh, when their hearings are done. So anyway, yeah, and we of, don't know what they don't know that we know that they don't know about what we don't know either. Throw on your Federal Express <laughs> uniform and see what you can find out, Murphy. I'll, I'm on it. <laughs> but obviously the perils, the, 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 every day this gets closer to the next election makes Trump's argument about politics 
something he'll make even more and work more with Republicans. So listen, I think the reason that he, one of the reasons he's so uh, keen to jump into this thing is the sooner he jumps in and is an active candidate, the more it polit- it, he can claim that everything that is being done is being done to try and stop him politically. But now this just finish with the round robin because I answered the question. You guys are attorney general. Do you think he should, regardless, should prosecute or he shouldn't? You can do the Gibbs. political thing or the constitutional, either one. I, I, politeness requires me to have Gibbs answer, answer first. <laughs> I, I think based on what we know, the answer would be yes. And again, I, I stipulate quite clearly that I am not in danger of being a, a lawyer, let alone any sort of legal scholar. I, I think, too, I mean, imagine what the committee has done without the benefit of thus far Steve Bannon, without Roger Stone, without a number of people that the Department of Justice could easily compel to come speak. Uh, Roger Stone can't plead executive privilege. Steve Bannon tried to do it for two years, even though he left, left the administration in 2017. Okay, yeah. Dr. Axelrod, drum roll, please. Yeah, I think, they sh- I think he should if he has a case that he believes uh, is solid and, uh, and, and egregious uh, because we have to – we have to establish that there is a rule of law here and no right. one is above the rule right. of law. But I don't have any illusion that that's going to go down easily. And I think you're going to see a lot of potential violence in response to uh, a decision to prosecute. So, I mean, I, I, I'm sure that the FBI and some other folks are, you know, who have been really, really blowing the horn about right wing extremism. Is uh, are going to be on alert if something like that happens? No, it'll be bumpy. But if we can handle redcoats burning down the uh, Capitol, we can uh, we can handle the Proud Boys. But what about the Oath Keepers? <laughs> I think they're going to have an oath to get out of the country or wear federal hands. Isn't it funny that they're them. called the Oath Keepers, but they wanted to invade the Capitol to keep members of Congress from uh, from keeping their oath. their oaths? <laughs> exactly. yeah, oath. yeah, it's really <laughs> weird. Yeah, they should be the postmodern keepers. The oath unkeepers is what they should be. It's but, a decidedly yeah. different script for that oath. There's a lot of challenges, I mean, not the least of which is if you don't do some sort of prosecution here, what message do you send to people that their ability to do what was done leading up to and on January 6th is permissible and acceptable? Exactly. That's the test, and there's one answer to it. Okay, when do I get to gloat? Now. All right, here we go. So for six months, though, it's, it feels like 10 years. Every time I say, you know, I think Trump's starting to slip. And there's other polling that's shown this. It's been a slow decline. People are focused on the future. They, they like Trump. They want to get past him. That's been a plurality position in the party, uh, a larger party, you know, just Republican voters for a while. Now we have, and you guys have chortled. You've rolled your eyes. You've snorted. You know, you've absolutely given me endless guff, as our loyal listeners know. But uh, now, have, what is uh, well, arrived? We, we may have snorted. We did not chortle. <laughs> yeah, we draw the line of chortling here. Yeah. I'm sorry, so, did you say something? Yeah, no, Gibbs <laughs> is still, he's a true believer here. He's not giving up the, the Trump is unstoppable thing. But let's take a look at this big, new, interesting New York Times poll, which shows for the first time, although earlier numbers have been creeping in this direction for a while, this is not a complete outlier, but it's kind of a crescendo, and it could be the starting gun of the beginning of the big battle post-Trump, that a majority of Republicans would prefer somebody else be our next presidential nominee. They are worn out. They have Trump fatigue. He sounds like a crazy guy in a bus. They don't smell winter on him. They smell weakness on the Democrats, but not on Trump. And while they don't bash him and hate him like 
yours truly and my merry band of never trump republicans do it looks like a growing majority of the party wants to move on this is a big deal and i think trump's feeling it because he's thrashing around like a uh, like a trout on a uh, line so what do you think you guys don't believe it you think it's interesting give me your take more chartly i know how seriously you believe these numbers because for the first time in months you're not podcasting from your basement and you've actually come out to the ground level here so yeah i'm in the sunlight i'm in my office i i got tired of the freeze-dried food david you know five years is a long time well that plus a republican quoting the new york times we should mark this time and date uh, appropriately yeah well like uh, even a stop clock is right twice a day i think that there it is significant uh we'll get to the biden half in a second here it is significant. It also has him trailing by, by this poll has Biden at 33 percent, and yet he's beating Trump 44, 41. Right. Which reinforces the other thing. He's the one right. guy Biden might be able to beat, which the Repubs are feeling. Yeah. Well, and yeah, the question is the the challenge for Republicans is this is in some ways being played out in 22. He's nominating candidates because he has the power to influence some of these primaries who, who are not the best general election candidates for Republicans. And he himself could nominate himself. And he is not the best. And he he is clearly not the best general election candidate uh, for Republicans, or at least this poll reflects that a lot of Republicans feel that way. Uh, So, you know, the, the conundrum for you guys, Mike, is that he's still you know, got 49% of Republicans who say they prefer him in the primaries. DeSantis is in the 20s, and he's oh, right. He's got the second. plurality ticket, which is very useful in a multi-way primary. Worked for him last time. I, I just look at it like this. I look at it like there are two battles here, and you're right. All those challenges exist. But the fundamental battle is, can there even be a battle? You know, has Trump gone from the stainless steel mountain that nobody can challenge to the fact there could be an active primary with somebody else, even even somebody who's kind of Trump light uh, that could take him on? Because he's like the alien invasion. We can get on to fighting the Russians after we get rid of the aliens. And yeah. that's happening now. And, you know, we remember we had Fabrizio on, Trump's pollster, and he had done that interesting study that showed kind of there was a big, large chunk, I think it was around 40% of the party, that was, look, Trump was great, loved him, but time to move on. And that is growing. So the question is, can Trump reverse it? Uh, will Trump want to run in a race which is more uphill? I mean, all this talk about Trump uh, announcing early, that's a huge sign of weakness. He's not announcing early if he does because he wants to. He feels he has to because it's slipping away. So basically, I- I'm just saying that we've gone from a battle sounded like a crazy idea to snort at Murphy about to now you guys as political hats, you can see there's some dry kindling where something could really get going on Trump. Hold on, before we declare a massive forest fire on your your gloating, um, I, I do think there are some healthy caveats to just put in uh, to play here. Uh, let me just throw some at least mildly lukewarm water on your uh, on, on said kindling. Um, you're such he, he, a dead ender. Go ahead. No, no, I just think that, I mean, I look, I, I think you guys are so desperate to say, aha, that it, it may not be a moment of aha. It, 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 there's no doubt we've seen some polling that shows him weaker than he certainly has believed he would. And I think many people, including myself, thought he would be going into this. Um, I would still maintain a few things. He's still at 49%. And as David said, DeSantis in the 20s and then everybody else 
there's like I think a couple of people like what Haley's at seven, Pence is at six, and then there's you know the seven dwarfs are at one percent. I would say this too: we, we there's a lot we don't know. We don't know a lot on the Trump side. Trump could get a lot worse in terms of his legal exposures. We just talked about. I'm going to tell you this too. There's one or two candidates that people and donors think right now on the Republican side are going to be great that are going to be terrible, right? I've said this, I did this rant a couple of uh, episodes ago. President Scott Walker was great. His tenure was fabulous. Oh, yeah, but that's a presidential built-in, President John Glenn, but you're right. We yeah, we don't I, know I, much now. It's the milk Wordsman rule. Don't believe any national poll after the first primary. And and Axe tweeted this. I'm going to loop him in uh, and, and give him some credit here uh, because— What? Th- I'd just like a minute to where's speak. Where's my credit? I've been right. That's what I'm trying to get you guys to cough up begrudgingly. <laughs> the thing is, is once we move past, I think it's the first four or five primaries, we go to winner-take-all. And it isn't, you don't have to, you know, squint or, or strain your imagination to think that Trump at 37 or 40 or 42% can't accumulate a lot of delegates and he'll benefit from an enormous field. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's, you know, we, we sort of forget that. Yeah. He's look, he's an, he's got in this poll, he's got an 80% approval rating among Republicans. The question is, uh, do people say, uh, does the accumulated weight of all of this catch up with him, even though most Republicans believe the last election was stolen? Do, does the accumulated weight of all of his uh, uh, all of his behavior catch up with him to the point where people make a case that is persuasive to a lot of Republicans that, hey, I love him, but it's just too much baggage. Right. Time to move on. You can like him and go somewhere else. Jimmy Carter has a 90% approval rating. Nobody wants him to be the Democratic nominee. Well, he's a little old now. Hey, Democrats can't say that anymore. <laughs> he's 97. That's where we draw the line. Yeah. We've had <laughs> it. Don't tell Pelosi. <laughs> right. But M- Murphy had a good point, though. And, and we know this about Trump, both from a persona standpoint, but also in a primary. Uh, weakness is his kryptonite. And yep. the idea that as bad as Republicans see and think Joe Biden has been as president, an approval rating at 33%, pretty low approval ratings inside the Democratic Party, still losing to Joe Biden is their absolute nightmare. Yeah. Uh, and, and one other point you made, David, I think, too, is we have to understand that while we think and I, I believe these these January 6th hearings have been impactful, the idea that there's a massive re-education around the misinformation that Donald Trump spewed for years happening around these hearings is just not the case. 75% of Republican primary voters said Trump was, quote, just exercising his right to contest yeah, the election. You, you don't have to fix that to fix Trump. Whether or not they want Trump going forward is everything. That opens the gate. We will see. We need more polls. But boy, it's getting more interesting. Definitely more interesting. No one's chortling, but I see the beginnings of snorting on on Murphy's part, or it just may be that well, you might need I'm to be adjusted. Well, I'm keeping notes here. A year ago, it was this inflation thing's going to be big. Larry Summers and I agree. Oh no, you millionaires! So I'm I'm Kreskin. <laughs> Murphy, Murphy, you were we you were totally right about that. You were totally. I really do. I do remember that, uh, and you were totally right about that. So. Well, luckily, I can continue being wrong for a decade now. I only need a. I'm like Jane Dixon, you know, or Gene. I only need one or two in my. Well, let me just pilot. say, I don't have any doubt that you can fulfill that quota. So don't <laughs> worry about it. 
So listen, here, let's turn to the, the Biden situation. 64% of Democrats, and first of all, he's at 33 in this poll. He's probably not at 33. If you look at the average of the polls, he's at 38, which is still still terrible. But, uh, you know, 33 was an eye-popping number. The 64 was an eye-popping number. 64% of voters in the president's own party. The most eye-popping of it, uh, 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 if you look at the tabs on that, were like 94% of voters under 30 uh, did not want him to run again, which tells you something about sort of turnout and participation by these young people. These are some other observations on this poll. You go to the head-to-heads, and the thing that is really alarming to me is not just that he's, uh, you know, yes, he's at 70% of my Among Hispanic voters in a race against Trump, 42-39, 42-39. He won Hispanic 65-32 in 2020. That is an alarming number. Among independents, uh, he is at he is losing to Trump 39-37. And you got to expect that the parties will go tribal. Uh, Trump might do, uh, you know, so so Democrats are mostly going to vote Democrats. So independents become very important. He won among independents 54-41 two years ago, uh, and now he's down 37-39 uh, among independents. These are, these are big flashing lights. But listen to this, you guys. Listen to the audio here of uh, Biden, because in this poll, head-to-head, Democrats rally. They they do go tribal, and they rally, I think, 94% or 92% say they'll vote for Biden. Uh, Against Trump, right. But the question the reporters asked was, what about the 64% who say they don't want you to run? Here's what Biden had to say. Mr. President, what's your message to Democrats who don't want you to run again? They want me to run. Two-thirds say they don't. Read the polls. Read the polls, Jack. You guys are all the same. That poll showed that 92% of Democrats, if I ran, would vote for me. A majority of Democrats say they don't want you to run again in 2024. 92% said if I did, they'd vote for me. Get off my lawn, you pesky reporters. I, <laughs> I'm with Biden, too, because the, there's so many snotty process questions. Yeah, that's like the old, that's like Porgy Tirebiter blasting questions out of the crowd. You know, yeah, you know, exactly. I'm guessing that reporter's name actually isn't Jack. <laughs> what about the fact the bumper sticker glue in your campaign is all made in Mexico? You know, it's like, oh, God. It's irritating, irritating, irritating. But, beyond, but the fact is, that is the straw that he is grasping onto from this poll, which is if I ran, uh, 92% of Democrats would vote for me against Trump. Uh, and which is true. Yeah. It underscores a weird codependence between the two of these guys because, you know, Trump is saying I can beat Biden. He's the, I'm the guy who can beat Biden. Biden is saying I'm the guy who can beat Trump. Yeah. No, it's the old Star Trek thing with Frank Gorsham with the two color face guys, you know, fighting till the end. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, there you go. Those are the kind of (laughs) dated analogies that have made the show a hit with the kids. You're on to something. I wonder what our approval rating is with younger voters. (laughs) You're on to something, though, Axe, because the one thing that could help Biden for all his epic problems is if the Republicans win the House, as is highly likely, then he's got a foil. And they're probably going to go try to impeach him for wearing the wrong kind of socks or Hunter Biden or whatever. I mean, they're doing something incredibly stupid. Now he's got a tribal enemy, even pre-Trump, to line up the put the Democratic Party on a war footing and have a little bit of rally around the flag. Because the Republicans will... 
they are genetically incapable, particularly in the house, of not overplaying their hand. So next year, even though the first line will be that snotty reporter will be back, what about the fact the country hates and rejected you even though you're not on the ballot and you're a loser and shouldn't you resign? I mean, there'd be some of that. But then as the Repubs act up, there, there's a connection to Biden's numbers, I think. And that is something he could have. He could. You know, people were asked who of the 64 percent of Democrats who didn't want him to run. They were asked why. And, and they, it was just it was an open ended question so they can use their own words. A third of them, 33 percent, the largest number said age. Yeah, which is true and out there and you can't make it go away. And I think we as savvy prognosticators can say without fear of equivocation that he's not going to get younger and this problem is not going to get resolve itself. So I don't know what you do about that. I feel for Biden because uh, I think he has a lot. He has a bunch of stuff to his credit that he doesn't get credit for. And I've said that before here, I you know I I think that the the you know we can argue about elements of the Rescue Act, but it was terribly important at the time that it got passed. The uh, infrastructure bill, the Ukraine uh, uh, leadership on Ukraine and NATO and so on. I mean, he has things that he could tout, but it's being overwhelmed by performance issues, and I mean performance in front of the camera, and also just messaging issues too you know that mechanically they're not great at it and they're just getting swamped and now they've got campaign process then it'll be horse race you're a loser then the last thing and then gibbs want to hear from you uh because i know you're trying to get in just quickly i'll argue the other side of the post-election thing because that's the benefit of a jesuit education the (laughs) problem will be his own damn party because out of the process weakness for getting hurt in the midterms the modern era, there's no polite waiting and whispering about a primary. People are going to like start announcing on them, I think. And then there's a whole nother process storm from hell when what ought to happen is the Dems ought to sit back, let the Republicans screw up and feed a Biden comeback. But I just don't think there's discipline in the wackadoodle Democratic Party now for that. Yeah, I think people should study history because... Uh no, no president who has a serious primary challenge wins. I mean, Biden would be the nominee if he had a primary. I have no doubt about that, but he would be a very weakened right, nominee. Hobble. And he might get DeSantis. There are two questions. One is what should Democrats do? The other is what should Biden do? And ultimately, he's going to make this decision. And I, th- I think he needs to, uh, he needs to really contemplate the reality, not just of where his political standing is, because presidents have fought back. Uh, for and you laid out a path there, uh, Murphy, to just make the Republicans a foil because they're too damn extreme. But it, you know, the age thing is an immutable fact. And that's something that he has to seriously contemplate. And you can't live in a sort of bubble where you kind of ignore that reality. I think it was interesting he took the question, right? He's he, he, We know this. Reporters yell these questions at public events all the time. And he took the question. And it was clear he wanted to enter into the record not the 64% of Democratic primary voters, but the 92% in a general election. He's trying, to your point, David, on the age question, to change the evidence and change essentially the question that's being asked Yeah, uh, in a way that I think is at least short-term smart for him. You yeah. asked what should Biden and what should Democrats do. I think that you know what the smart you know what the smart answer Robert would have been the smart answer would have been you know what I'm not sitting around reading polls brother I'm trying to solve problems here and that's what people elected me to do 
Totally agree, and, and exactly right. And no one believes that. <laughs> the even smarter answer: Relax, Jack. I'm running. <laughs> Boom! Now it's over. It doesn't have to run. Well, he keeps saying that, but nobody. The lawyers don't want him to say that. No, he believes it, and I think the people around him believe it. But I think a lot of the people don't believe it because no, they don't. Because well, because of this actuarial reality. <laughs> you know. Well, he should have done the answer. I was afraid he'd give is speak into the horn. So we avoided that, which would have been the big disaster. You know, we asked, you asked David, what what should he do? What should Democrats do? Uh, we talked about sort of what's the narrative against Republicans. And I said this a, a, a week or so ago. I, I think Joe Biden is in desperate need of a, as much of a stem winder of a speech as he can give to a Democratic audience, whether it's a state party dinner or a big DNC fundraiser. I think he needs to lay out a few things that are important. One is that he understands the moment Democrats are in post the Supreme Court and lays out with some real passion how he sees this moment and that he's going to use everything this administration can do to meet that moment, even if he's hampered legislatively, right? I think secondly, he should lay out clearly and cogently the message against Republicans using parts of the Supreme Court, the legislative agenda, what they want to do when they get in power to make this extreme narrative. And then he should finish it by saying, we will have plenty of time past the November elections to have this discussion about running for president and 2024. But let's not lose sight on 2022 because the, the next the most important election is not right now, 2024. It's 2022. And he needs to get some galvanization of the troops, if at all possible. Yeah, that's, I mean, well, look, first of all, that's good advice. The question is how, uh, how effectively he can execute on that, which has been the issue all yeah, along. Yeah, sure. that's the problem. He can give a stem, not a stem winder. <laughs> the second thing is the, la the on the last point, they've already, they're so insistent that he's running again that they literally are pro promoting stories to say how angry they are that people would need, won't believe him. And so, you know, I don't think they're right. going to say That's we so have bad. plenty of time to think. I agree with you. That would be the right. I don't think he has should have entertained in, in any way these stories about whether or not he's going to run. I mean, he had the he had the right answer from the beginning. Is at the at the appropriate time, I'll see how I feel, and if I you know if if I feel good, I'm going. That should have been where he stayed. I don't know why he, the the worse he does in the polls, the more he migrates to trying to insist that he's running. Well, I know the staff is trying to put out a TikTok video, or as Biden likes to call it, a talkie. Okay, <laughs> but a boom. That joke worked. Okay, I don't yeah. know. I'm I'm working on age material here. But this has been accelerated. You know, uh, Gavin Newsom is traveling. J.B. Pritzker is is in Florida this weekend to speak to the party. Uh, oh, look it's out, been party. But you're right. Murphy's out there making noise. I'm watching him, Chris Murphy. Right. It's been accelerated by a lot of these things, uh, and I think they've caught them. They, they've been caught, caught, quite frankly, as you said, David. A normal president would either just not entertain this or push it away. The challenge on the other side is, and we saw this with Kamala Harris two weeks ago, she said, we're, you know, he's running and I'll be his running mate. And then she had to walk it back for, for nothing other than the fact that the lawyers have been trying to make this case against Donald Trump, which is if he says he's already made up his mind running, then he should file a committee and, and the committee should start spending money. And, and there's a, a whole legal argument. He came to office as a kind of, elder statesmen who came to you know put things 
back together to restore decency and normalcy, to try and work on problems and so on. And that was a big lofty place to be. And I just wish he would stay there, you know, that he would would have stayed there, that he will would stay there, that he that he would uh, just project uh, the idea that he's not sitting around scheming about, you know, uh, running for president in 2024, but uh, or even thinking about it, but is thinking every day about the stuff that he, that that are uh, that is on people's minds and on people's plates. Yeah, and 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 you know. I, I just if this you whole would combine thing is just, that with a little Harry Truman from that position of stakes are high, do nothing Republican. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Not just do nothing. Not doing the FDR budget busting stuff. These are not the do nothing Republicans. These are the what do you think they're going to do Republicans next? All right, let's stop for a minute and listen to a word from one of our fine sponsors. Now, brothers and sisters, we'll take a moment off from the podcast to begin the holy church of our favorite worshipful miracle, the Helix Sleep Mattress. Brother Axelrod, testify. Tell it, Brother Murphy. I have to say I've been to the promised land because I have a Helix mattress, and it has changed my life. It has changed my life. I, I, I look at the world differently now. You know why? Because I get a good night's sleep. And I get a good night's sleep because of this incredible mattress. <laughs> I'm not a great sleeper. And, and finally, finally, I found the perfect mattress for me. And anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I don't hawk things with this level of enthusiasm unless I really, really believe it. I got to tell you, I get the best night's sleep because it is a mattress that is just formed for me. Brother Gibbs, testify on the quiz when you get to the righteousness of the Helix mattress. This is probably why it works so well for David. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? You wouldn't or shouldn't. You definitely shouldn't. With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique and Helix most importantly knows that. So you have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep too hot. Mattresses great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains, and even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. That's the segue to me, the plus-size sleepers thing. It is why I am so amiable on this podcast since I've gotten this mattress, because I took the Helix quiz. It was matched to my needs. I got the model I wanted, a medium mattress uh, that is good for me because I sleep on my side uh, and my back, uh, and I move around quite a bit at night. And man, it is really, really great. And you know the, the thing about it is it comes wrapped up. It's like freeze-wrapped. In this uh, in this wrapper, you cut the wrapper open, the mattress expands, and you think, "What the hell is this?" And then you get you sit on it and you lie on it, and it's like, "Wow!" You wake up three days new, later. It's a whole new world, and you hear that <laughs> you hear that church music that Murphy played at the beginning. It's just incredible. We were actually going to tape this yesterday, and David overslept until just a few minutes before today, exactly. and now we're recording it. But Helix really works, friends. It is in effect a miracle. So be part of it. Pick the mattress that GQ and Wired Magazine has awarded the number one best overall mattress that's been recommended in passionate testimony by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving sleep. So come to the altar. 
friends. Go to helixsleep.com slash hacks. Take the two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you with a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights, risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it like he does. But let me tell you, you've heard his testimony, you will. Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix even has specialized cooling technology. If you and your family can never agree on the temperature of the thermostat, remember cooling technology for some of our fallen brothers as well. And if that near-religious experience isn't enough for you, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash hacks. That's helixsleep.com slash hacks. Let's talk 22 for a few minutes here. I had Chris Murphy, the senator from Connecticut on the Axe Files this week, uh, and he was talking about the Supreme Court decisions and the impact he thought they might have, not just on on, on abortion rights, but also on guns, uh, on the environment and a few other things. And he talked about uh, the impact that he, it might have on 2022. So let's take a listen to that. And the hubris of this court, right, this very clear signal that they're sending, that they're in charge now. Congress is in charge. The president is in charge. The Supreme Court is in charge. And it is frightening, folks. I think the odds are still probably against us. But all of a sudden, I think this is a much closer election, an election that is likely going to look different than other midterms because of this exceptional series of decisions from the Supreme Court. So what do you guys think about that? Because I'm hearing in focus groups from around the country, I'm hearing some of this, uh, that people are like, the, the, that was a jar, the jarring series of decisions, obviously the road decision uh, first among them, but that it kind of was emblematic of a Republican Party that's kind of gone off the, the deep end. Uh, and the court sort of the court decision sort of signified that, and people are sort of now extrapolating as to what that would mean. Yeah, I'm seeing it too. The court is becoming a thing in the elections. People are not used to Americans in general in any topic are not used to having things they like taken away. That we've not had a you know elders some footloose court saying you can't do this, you can't do that. Court's been for the last twenty years saying cool, fine with us. So it, it, it is a thing now. The question is, is, is it enough? Inflation hit the highest number in 40 years today, uh, the highest rate of growth or whatever the yes. economic phrase yes, was. Yes, but yes. basically it broke the damn meter. So the Republican campaign is going to be, hey, before Biden and the Democrats, here's what gas cost. Here's what a pound of hamburger and a thing right, of milk cost. Right. You don't have to get on a waiting list for Thanksgiving turkey, which, by the way, is going to double in price. And then they're like, well, the Supreme Court may on the third, you know, other than states that are overwhelmingly pro-choice, like Nevada, where the Democratic senator, she's been in big trouble. Nevada is more, or Nevada, so I'm going to get letters, uh, is more pro-choice than California. Uh, Florida, there are places where, then the hacky politics of it. Arizona and Maricopa County. There. Yeah, right, right, where, where this is going to come to life a little for the Dems. But boy, they have a tidal wave coming on the basic meat and potatoes economic stuff and it's hard. Murphy was acknowledging that, I think. But to your point, David, yes, go. They've got to go. I mean, they they have certain cards. They don't have all the aces. Uh, to your point, Murphy, on the economy, 
but they've got <laughs> decent cards and they've got to start playing them. And I think, you know, I think this is why I think wrapping this up into some larger message, into some galvanizing thing, into, you know, yeah, yeah. Murphy's right. People, are, they're, they're taking away rights. By the way, they're landing on positions that 35% of the public supports, that 65 oppose. I mean, it's, it's, it's not well, just taking away things. It's taking away things people find I, very. I, I think I, th- I said this before here, but I think you've got it. You've got to connect two things. First of all, the Republicans aren't offering any answers on inflation or any of these issues yeah, that they don't are concerned to, to people. Understood, understood. But you've got to make them pay for that, Mike, by saying they're so absorbed in these kind of crazy extreme uh, schemes of theirs, uh, abetted by the court. Uh, and think about what's going to happen when they have control of Congress, when Jim Jordan is the chairman of the Judiciary Committee and, uh, you know, the agenda that you see from the <laughs> court Jordan. becomes the agenda of the Congress. Yeah, you know, by the way, Jim Jordan, who was implicated in yesterday's testimony for being part of that group that was uh, conniving with Trump hours before the insurrection, he's going to be the chairman of the judiciary. I think you've got to say, and these are the things that they're going to be absorbed with, impeaching the president, not bringing down inflation. Well, on the Senate side, you've got a Republican on the Judiciary Committee who doesn't think he has to adhere to a subpoena issued by a court in Georgia. Yeah, that stuff yeah, that's all true. works with them base voters, so they got to do it, you know, trying to you know jump turn out and everything else. But it's a rubber hammer compared to the other. But you're right, they got to do it's, something. You got you, yeah, exactly. Hey man, I mean, the, the bets in the middle of the table and the dealers dealing. Play the call, you know. I think they just got to go play it. The one thing that Democrats are beginning to have slightly in their favor, despite the tough political environment, is Republicans have, and Trump's a big uh, part of this have nominated a number of people in Senate races, a number of people in gubernatorial races um, that are simply not the strongest nominee. I think you can look at places like Ohio, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, Arizona, even North Carolina on the Senate side, and you know Nevada, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Michigan on the Republican uh, uh, on the gubernatorial side. Gretchen Whitmer was in the race of her life six months ago. Right. Uh, then Republicans couldn't even get a few people to sign a damn petition. Uh, and their leading candidate was indicted for taking part of the insurrection. And the polls out today have her up 12 points. Right. Yeah. And so uh, that's thin ice, but yeah, you're right. It is thin, it is thin ice. And she's only at 52, but still. I, I mentioned this earlier. Trump may be the weakest candidate the Republicans could run in a general election in 2024. Uh, he's also going around nominating weak candidates in the country. Interesting race going on in Georgia between uh, Reverend Warnock, the senator from Georgia, and uh, Herschel Walker, the football player. This is his little treatise on uh, climate change. We, in America, have some of the cleanest air and cleanest water of anybody in the world. So what we do is we're going to put from the Green New Deal millions or billions of dollars cleaning our good air up. So all of a sudden, China and India ain't putting nothing in there cleaning that situation up. So all that bad air is still there. But since we don't control the air, our good air decided to float over to China, bad air. So when China gets our good air, their bad air got to move. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. But let me ask you a question about this. Here's, here's my question, though, because we look at these things from you know, our Olympian towers. And, uh, you know, Walker is getting 
he's doing disproportionately well, not surprisingly, among uh, black voters and particularly rural black voters uh, who, you know, they're running ads down there hitting them for stuff like this. And he's and, up five points with balloonists now, too. That's not. And I, th- I think I, I think, listen, this is a serious point. I wonder, I, I would guess that Herschel Walker is going to outperform uh, Kemp and, and outperform Republicans generally among African-American voters who oh. will come to resent, some group of them resent the sort of mocking of him uh, that is happening there. And, uh, you know, if Warnock wins, here's my prediction, it's going to be because he improves his numbers. He's going he's gonna to outperform the typical Democrat among white voters, right? Who, who you know, which I is the campaign weird... he's running? He's totally running the suburban dad thing. Well, uh, and that's where the vote is in Georgia. Yeah, I mean, the, no, totally. the vote is I, in, I, in in and around the Atlanta media market. I would say this: in this year, in this environment, Warnock's going to lose unless Herschel Walker becomes the focus of the issue and comes apart because he's not a performer, ready for a rough and tumble, high stakes Senate campaign with more of what we've just seen. Uh, and there is a decent chance of that. If it's a generic race and Herschel Walker can make it about Warnock, Biden, gas, and groceries, he'll win even if he thinks that air are big cement blocks that push each other around in the atmosphere. Um, it's going to be down to that, which is why I hear through Republican you know, circles, and this is not a big secret, that literally the campaign manager there is sitting bloodshot eyes a bottle of whiskey and a revolver on the desk just trying to count the days down to see if they can pull it off there's tremendous republican fear about can they hold a minimum sufficient candidacy together and pick up the win there's a piece in the atlanta journal constitution i think today about the uh the the growing likelihood of of kemp warnock votes uh, in yeah. the state this year. And I think you're going to see that. But this is emblematic, Robert. I mean, he Herschel Walker's the candidate because Donald Trump uh, drafted him to be the candidate. You're going to get Blake Masters in Arizona rather than the attorney general, who probably would have been a stronger general election candidate because Donald Trump, because Donald Trump decided he should be the candidate. He made J.D. Vance the candidate in uh, in Ohio, he made uh, Doctor Oz the candidate in Pennsylvania, who has who is completely underwater and is favorable, uh, uh, and uh, is 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 an underdog in that race now. I mean, Donald Trump could save the de- the Senate for it's Democrats. It's the, It's what they've got: weak Republican candidates driven by Trump. The question is: Is that four point problem enough to overcome the maybe bigger than four point economic problem? It is the great question. I think um, Mitch McConnell said many months ago, the only thing that can get in the way of Republicans taking control are Republicans. And I don't think he actually had plural Republicans in his mind. I think he had one Republican in his mind, uh, and that's Donald Trump. And I think, uh, you, you know, Trump, as I said, Trump could, gubernatorial races are, uh, <laughs> given what the Supreme Court's working on, are a lot more important than they may have been thought of in Washington just a few weeks ago. Uh, and I think he could have huge impact on there, too. As it relates to Georgia, look, I think we've all seen both public and private polling that show Herschel Walker's not as strong as Brian Kemp is, right? And so, to your point, whether it's Kemp Warnock voters, whether there's just a fall off in suburban voters that are not supporting, um, that are that are saying they support Kemp but not saying they support Walker at the moment, you know, I, I think if you looked at 
my guess is the average of a lot of the polling right now has Kemp up probably five to seven, you know, probably on the higher end of that seven. Uh, and Warnock may be up one or two because I think to, to me, the Herschel Walker fire problem Democrats. is, I mean, that, it, it's going to all be down to can Herschel be minimum sufficient right. after Labor Day. And, and I think that the, the challenge that they've got, and you saw that the National Republican Senate Committee helped the Walker campaign put out a release uh, on Monday that basically listed all the new people that are coming in to bolster the campaign. Right. It's not a new story that voters will care about, but it's a story for donors uh, and for people watching yeah. the races. And I think that the challenge Though, that Walker you know, crazy has, candidates still eat good new staff that that, you know, that's the, the changing that is hard. The challenge that Walker's going to have is that I, I agree with you that maybe one or two of these doesn't feel like something, but. Eight or ten of these all together is a that's a lot of bricks on the load, and I think a lot of people are going to yeah. come to the conclusion that this is not a person who's up to being their U.S. senator. The thing about the uh, what I raised earlier about the numbers for Biden um, among um, you know Hispanic voters, he, he he's losing twelve percent of African American voters. He did last time too, which was higher than the number that Democrats have lost before. There is a class thing going on here in this country. And if Walker's people were smart, they'll try and take advantage of that and say they're, you know, they're, the elites are uh, attacking right. Walker because, he, you know, so I, I would just be aware of that. But I'm also aware that we not only want to hear from ourselves, but our listeners. Yeah, and we've so been overdue time for on the, the mailbag. mailbag. All right, some quick plugs. If you have a mailbag question, send it to the hacks at hacksontap at gmail.com. Hacksontap at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our free twice a week newsletter. It comes by email from Gibbs and I. We go into all kinds of other stuff, deep dives. In fact, new ones out today, but coming at the end of the week, we're going to take you behind the scenes of the blood fest. Makes Game of Thrones look like Mother Goose inside the Tory party in the race. The knife point race to succeed Boris Johnson. So check it out. All you got to do, go to hacksontap.bulletin.com, hacksontap. which is internet talk for period, hacksontap.bulletin.com. And next week, is Xi Jinping really secure in China, or will there be internecine warfare within the Well, the People's Daily has a new poll showing enthusiasm (laughs) lagging. Anyway, anyway. All right, Murphy, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. From Cheryl, could slash might Trump run for president with, for example, DeSantis as his running mate? And if they win, Trump Trump steps down, VP becomes president and pardons Trump. Wow. Yeah, well, that's pretty complicated three-dimensional chess there. Uh, One, Trump is a solo act. He'll never have anybody perceived as a threat uh, run with him. And two, they're going to hate each other if there's a primary. Uh, so no, uh, Trump will want to run with a cardboard cutout of himself. Uh, and as far as the Machlin nation Zal, that might've worked in the old days in Louisiana, but, um, I don't think it would work with Donald J. Trump. Now a question from Jonathan, would you rather have a great candidate or a great message? I'm sure you'd like both, but do you, oh, here's the hook. Do you need both? Well, I would say it is a bit of a trick question. I don't think you can have a great candidate without having a great message. And I think if you easily had to pick one, it would be great message. 
because there's certainly a number of people that have won races that are not the most telegenic. They're not the smoothest candidate. They're not the best politician. Uh, but I think if they speak to a time and to an age and to voters uh, in, a, in a way that's important and, and lands where they are, uh, that trumps anything else. Uh, I, I think you've, you've seen good examples of this uh, in the past where uh, m- messages trump candidates. It, it, but again, impossible to be a great candidate without a great message. Great messages are rooted in great candidates. If great candidates have a story that's authentic, their messages resonate. So the two are really hard to separate. All right, David Axelrod, Thomas wants to know from you, would Cheney derail Trump by running as an independent presidential candidate to siphon off Republican voters from Trump? And a lot of people are talking about that. What do you think? I think not. And I'll tell you why. You look at polling today. I I was stunned, actually. I looked at the Economist poll today, and they had favorables for various political figures. Looked at the crosstabs on Liz Cheney. She's got a 57 19 favorable among Democrats, and she has a 2063 favorable among Republicans. I think it's more likely, and this has often been the case, that an independent candidate would siphon more votes from the Democrats than, than, than the Republicans. And, um, uh, you know, I have, listen, I'm one of the Democrats who thinks highly of Liz Cheney, even though I don't agree with uh, 95% of her positions, because she's been heroic. Uh, but I, I, you know, but I just, I think it's a very dicey situation if you, uh, if you, now it may be if Trump's the candidate that, that, that is a different equation. So, uh, you know, but I, I wouldn't jump to the conclusion that her being in the race would necessarily, uh, uh, sink Trump rather than Biden. Yeah, look, I couldn't agree more. And this is a lesson people got to learn. I, I constantly get calls about we're going to run the independent Republican. Oh, great, you're going to split the anti-Trump vote. Fantastic. And the good news in all this is you used to disagree with her on 98% of things. So I'm seeing a path of progress here. There's hope for you. Well, she, and we'll get a preview of this in her upcoming primary. But I think to to, to the point, too, on Democrats, I mean, I'm, I'm almost surprised in some way the Democratic numbers are, are that high because – She's not with Democrats on choice. She's not with them on voting rights. Other than the January 6th committee, she's a very rock-ribbed conservative Republican. And God, I love her. She did vote with them on the gun compromise, which I Fair thought point. was I thought was interesting. But uh, whatever her whatever her future is, she's done the country a great service, and uh, and I admire her for that. All right, fellas, good to see you guys. We have another hearing next week. Uh, we don't know exactly when. It's, we know it's going to be in prime time. Do we know when? Thursday, you know, I think. I think it is prime oh, time, right? We ought to get on Thursday prime time. time. Hey, okay. staff, figure it out and give us three by five cards. We're like candidates. We don't know anything. We'll figure out in the uh, war room of Hacks on Tap how we're going to deal with that. But until then, uh, you guys have a good week. You too, pal. Good to see you guys. Talk soon. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. 
LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.